Hello and welcome to the Chatterkey podcast, where once again I am by myself uh, because she is still unwell. So you know, solo podcasting always the best when you got no one to back and forth the conversation with. But anyway, uh, you know, Chatterkey podcast is where we break down, review movies, TV shows, and get right into it. Uh, video games, if it can be asked, and have a random conversation every now and again. Uh, I'm your host, Drinking Thomas Hughes, and today we're moving on to a, a, a continue with our spooky season now even though it's still technically not October till tomorrow, but you know, it's close enough. Um, so we're kicking off Halloween with, of course, John Carpenter's Halloween, the classic movie, but uh, you know, pretty John Carpenter's best movie and one of my favorite movies of all time. Uh, doing back-to-back favorite movies for me for a change. You know, we had Hayden's back-to-back favorite movies, The Descendants, and now it's my turn with, you know, Carpenter movies. But yeah, I'm going to be discussing the original Halloween. You know, eh, eh, eh. if this doesn't say what you're expecting of a score, then you're an idiot. <laughs> but yeah, this is just like the peak of cinema for me. It's like the best slasher movie out there. Um, it has everything you need for a great horror movie. It's got the tense moments. It's got the spooky score. It's got the great acting. Um, its kills may not be graphic it may not be over the top but the basicness of them makes it feel more realistic which i like um you've also got some great camera work you know you've got everything you need a good script all that combined makes a solid horror flick and it still holds up over 40 years later is it 40 years yes yes 2018 was 40 years so it's now 44 years later. Fucking hell, next year's the 45th anniversary? Jesus. Um, But yeah, it still holds up, and it still is easily the best Halloween movie. Um, It's one that I've always loved over the years. I wouldn't say it's the one that fully drew me into the franchise early on, because obviously, growing up, it was more of the later ones I got to see, so obviously the H2O, the Resurrection, those sort of ones are the ones I mainly saw growing up, and I think Halloween 2 as well. Um, but obviously, of course, I did see the first one, and then over the years, it's just like the thing, it's grummy, it's grummy, until it's the point of, oh my god, this movie's amazing, this movie's like the best movie out there, well, one of the best movies out there, um, so it's just one that's always grown over the years with more and more watches, and it's reached that peak now of just like, it's not coming down, it's not going to come down. Every Halloween that ever came, comes out now has got a lot to beat to try and take that off the podium. I mean, they've come close with some of the new ones, but this still, for a fact, this film's like forty-four years old. It, it's for the fact it holds up forty-four years later. That's the thing when you're watching stuff like Jaws, which I'm not going to fully bad now because it's like my favorite film of all time. You can obviously see the fakeness within the shark, um, so it holds up to an extent, but not fully, fully. Whereas this fully holds up. There's nothing bad about it. Um, I just love this movie. You, obviously, you've got your main characters. You've got Laurie Strode. Obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis in her debut, sort of. Was this before or after Terror Train? I think that was after. Anyway, you got her in like a first major appearance. But yes, uh, I'm already forgetting where I was. I'm talking about Laurie. I'm talking about Laurie. As a character, obviously, Jamie Lee Curtis does a great job of showing this basically ordinary 
babysitter, you know, going to babysit and then being confronted by this maniac and just trying everything she can to survive. She's not this over the top character who knows exactly what she's doing. Everything she's doing is just like just self defense. Like she's just trying to defend herself with whatever she's got. A coat anger. Okay, I'll try and just jab him if I can in the eye. That at least is going to give me that few moments to get away. Um, unlock the door so we can't get in. Like these, obviously, uh, a normal instinct rather than these. You know, some slash films where the person knows exactly. Like, okay, I'm going to grab an axe. I know exactly what I'm doing. I'm going to attack him before he attacks me. Like this is a scared teenager who's just trying to survive this encounter with the boogeyman himself. And I like that. And then, of course, I like how they develop her character differently in each timeline. Um, obviously, you've also got Michael Myers, the shape, uh, the boogeyman, whatever you want to call him. He's got many fucking names. Um, who's just this menacing figure, this, no, this normal build of a man wearing a Halloween mask that's just hunting these people down. Like, he's spotting them and going, yep, yeah, I'm going after that one. I've got no reason for what I'm doing. I'm just going to go kill him. And I like that. I like that there's no sort of motive behind it. Whereas stuff like Freddy, he's going after him because he's, you know, the parents killed him. Um, Jason, revenge for his mom. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, they're just nutcases. They're doing it anyway. But this is an ordinary kid that's obviously killed his sister and then grown up and is carrying on this killing spree. And that's pretty cool because it's mysterious. You don't know why it's happening until late sequels when they come up with some bullshit reasons. Um but you know, it's it's this mysterious angle which I really like and it draws me into this movie even more. Um obviously you also have Dr. Samuel Loomis, who of course is played by Donald uh, Pleasant, who's an incredible uh addition to this cast. He's got this authority figure about him. Obviously he knows everything about Michael um and he knows that they need to stop him no matter what because he's just going to keep killing and killing. And at least someone understands that. Obviously, you've got the cops who are like, oh, he's just essentially like, oh, he's not going to come here. Or if he does, he's basically not going to be really a threat. But he knows he is a threat because he's worked with him for years, ever since, you know, he killed his sister. So he knows exactly what's going to happen. Uh, but he's also quite another fun character as well for the fact that you can see these kids basically lurking around outside the house and he has a little play around. And I mean, he's so happy with himself after he scares him away. He's like, get your ass away from there, Lonnie. Like, he, he, he has a runaway scream and he's like, he's so happy with himself. Like, I just scared a bunch of kids. Yes. <laughs> um, so I like his character within this movie. Some of the ways his character goes in later ones isn't as good. But for this movie alone, he's a great presence in it. Um, obviously, you have Laurie's friends who are, you know, your generic teens. Um, you got your cop, who's obviously the dad of one of the teens. Um, <laughs> poor Annie. Because Annie, are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? She made me say it. She made me say it. Because we made that reference during the Rob Zombie Halloween podcast that we did two years ago. A movie that is completely different to this, but has the same plot, but is very grungy. Very rednecky very rapey <laughs> but this is the classic John Carpenter version so none of that is a part of it um, obviously then on top of that you've got the kids uh, you know you generic kids nothing more to say about them really um, 
your kills are very basic. Obviously, you've got most of them are strangulations or a quick cheeky stabbing. Nothing over the top, like if you're watching some of the later ones or watching like stuff like Friday the 13th and that, where it's like, oh, they've cut a limb off. Oh, they've cut the head off. Stabbed them in the eyeball. You know, gutted uh, stuff. These really over top kills. That, you know, sometimes, yeah, they're cool to watch, but sometimes they're kind of unnecessary. Whereas this, it's like, oh no, it's he's kind of being tactical. I mean, he kills like his hitman. He's essentially Hitman Agent 47. You know, choking him from behind. Um, coming out of fucking cupboards to get him. Like, stuff like that. It's not over the top done. And I like that because it doesn't need to be an over the top movie. It's, it, it's like um, the OG Texas Chainsaw. It doesn't need to be this o over the top. Same can be said for Friday the 13th. Yeah, that has a bit more graphic kills. Especially Kevin Bacon's, you know, neck stab. But they're not as over the top as how the later movies went and how a lot of flash slasher movies went down the line. So I do really love that about this film. Um, what else we've got? Obviously, you can't talk about this movie without talking about John Carpenter's score. The opening theme song is just so iconic. It like instantly gives you chills. When, it hits the, when the first shot of this movie hits and you get the opening title crawl with the, obviously the pumpkin, obviously Michael's face and the eye and the knife. That music over the top of that, as it's just slowly coming towards the screen, instantly gets you in the mood for this movie. It instantly pumps you up like, this is going to be a ride now. I'm, I'm really up for this film now. Um, and I can't wait to fully get into this movie. Um, um, and that, that just helps you enjoy it even more, especially as the movie goes along and you get... The rest of the score, which I listen to a lot. Uh, all of Carpenter's music I listen to a lot because it's, it's like... I'm dreading every time she goes out this room that those are going to fall over. But anyway, um, it, every piece of his music fits into a scene and enhances the scene even more. And that's what makes a good movie. A lot of times, people... I know Alex, for example, he doesn't really focus on the music. He just focuses more on what's going on. Whereas I like to focus on the music in the background because that will draw me into a scene even more. I'm talking about music. I apologise. Like, people keep constantly fucking interrupting the, this recording of this podcast. I want. This is something I could really get into and like fully like just destroy in terms of dissecting the movie. And Every fucking time I sit down, every five minutes, someone's calling me. Uh, but yeah, I spoke about the music. The music's good, yeah. Um, <laughs> fuck. And then my mind's. I've got to try and get back into the mindset of Halloween. Look at the look at the screen behind you, Tom. Um, I'm trying to think of like, something else I can say within the movie. Um, obviously, the opening kill, which is obviously the sister. Obviously, that's built up so well. The slow following of from Michael's uh, POV. As he's basically watching his sister get it on. But not, you know, fully nude to like the uh, zombie version. You know, it's like subtle. Like, and then, you know, a bit of titty when he's cutting her. But, you know, very subtle compared to the zombie version, which is just full on. Tits are out. This is a teenage girl, but tits are out. <laughs> this is the small book. It's subtle as it's happening rather than just pound town. Um, but yeah, um, 
that is like such a good way of like following up this music obviously of a and a title crawl is this scene that makes you go okay this is a kid he's just literally murdered someone why the hell do he just do this and i love the the shot of him walking outside to the parents and they've removed the mask and the pov changes more of a, a wide shot of the house and obviously him standing there and his parents question why are you standing out here with a freaking knife in your hand and then you know he gets locked up and again that builds into obviously sam loomis going to the mental institute finding obviously michael attacking them escaping and it all just kicking off obviously it kicks off early and then slows down to introduce your characters build everything build up the tension um show how much of a threat he is like in terms of explaining what he's done and then straight into the last act of the movie which is where it all fully kicks off obviously annie dying um obviously the boyfriend and girlfriend dying uh getting attacked by my like, that's when it fully starts kicking in but i still like that slow building the middle because it gets you to like this character and make you go i want to see this character survive she's very sarky she's very funny uh she feels like an actual human being compared to most slashes where they feel like they don't feel like the actual humans. They feel like they've just been like written on a piece of paper. Like they feel like this character's been written like this rather than them trying to write a real person. Like they're being forced to do stuff. And I like that about her character that she's not this ge generic character. She feels like an actual human being. Um, but obviously, I I just love Halloween. I love the franchise. There is some shit installments, but I love the franchise. Obviously, I got t-shirts i've got the blu-rays uh i've got the i'm not gonna get off the wall like they did with the thing one last time but i've got a framed poster of the og movie obviously michael standing looking in the window and obviously behind me there we go get me finger pointing right i've got the mask from the 2018 installment i've also got the figurines from the 2018 um halloween 2 halloween kills um I've got a lot of stuff based on Michael Myers because he's like my favorite killer. I mean, I've got Funko Pops. Uh, it's in the same cabinet right in there. Yeah. Follow me finger if you're watching this on YouTube. Yeah. It's awkward to try and get like the right angle of the fingering. Sounds <laughs> well, doesn't it? In this corner here where my finger is, there's a little Michael Myers Funko. Uh, I've also got the big Michael Myers Funko. Uh, and the little version of the same one so you know if I if you don't think I don't like Michael Myers look around I love Michael Myers he's not the best killer he's, his kills are basic compared to a lot of killers but they're effective I like that about it um trying to think what else I was going to say my, my mind's like completely all over the place keep getting interrupted so I'm just trying to figure out which bits I want to actually bring up um I see the shots in this movie are so perfectly done. There's a lot of really cool slow building shots where you're just seeing him in the background and standing around. Uh, you sort of got the camera over his back a lot of times as he's watching people, like figuring out what's going on. And I mean, there's that shot with the car. Obviously, when he's driving away from the school, watching Tommy, you got the camera in the back of the car panning around and showing him driving while also showing where he's watching, which is, of course, Tommy as he's walking home. Um, Obviously, one of the big things with this as well is the reference to The Thing. Obviously, not Carpenter's Thing, but the original Thing movie, um, which obviously then is like one of these films he does down the line when he remakes it. 
which I do like that. I do like the sort of hints of like, I might, you know, I'm putting this movie here. You know, I might make that movie someday and actually make it a masterpiece. Um, so yeah, I do like that you got that. It like, draws it out as well. It doesn't like, it could just like a background thing, which you just later on, but the first shot you get of it is like a full on, just like the TV screen as it's coming on the screen. Like, it's weird that it's like actually fully focused that, oh, we're watching the thing. We're watching the thing in this movie, not just like the people, obviously, you could have just done it in the background and have people watching it and then have the audience go, what are they fucking watching here? But no, they actually do a full shot of the screen and go, yeah, audience, watching the thing here. What are you doing? Listen to music. Just watching stuff on your phone. I couldn't tell if you're recording me recording this because your phone is at an angle which looks like you're recording me recording it. It looks like you're like the most subtlest, like. Doo, 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 doo. It looks like that, for my opinion. Um, but yeah, obviously, it's just. Oh, it's, it's like. It's difficult to put in words how great this movie is, especially since I can't back and forth as to when bring something up and I go, oh yeah, this and that. Um, but yeah, this movie's just like so good. I own it like three times. I got it on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K. If that doesn't scream I love it, I don't know what does. Because I've got I've done the same with um, Jaws. I've got it DVD. I've got it Blu-ray. I've got it 4K. Can Michael Myers just come here and just murder me? Just because, ah, uh, you put the mask on and just choke me out. It's it's gonna be kinky, but it's gonna be worth it because I'm just every time I try and get into a rhythm, I'm just thrown out of it. Uh, people interrupting. I should just call it, um, this not, this shouldn't be a Halloween movie review. It should be how to interrupt someone constantly while they're trying to review a movie. Uh, but yeah. I'm, I'm lost track of where I am now, physically and mentally. Um, I spoke about... <laughs> I apologise. This is just a mess of a podcast now. I don't want it to be because this movie, I want to talk so much about this movie. I love this movie. I can't just like cement that enough that how much this movie is such an influence on me. Um, thanks to Carpenter making this a masterpiece. This is one that's stuck with me for so long. Uh, fuck me. I'm just, I'm just trying to think now. I'm... <laughs> I have it all lined out and it just goes out the window instantly. Instantly. Fuck me in the asshole. Uh, not something you'd hear from me usually. <laughs> um, we could talk about the William Shatner mask. The very blatant William Shatner mask is painted white. It's such a basic design. But I do like that. I do like movies when they don't just do this over the top mask. Because you can look at I'm trying to think of an example of a mask that looks kind of over the top. Um, most of most of the main main slasher villains, their masks are basic. Jason, uh, Leatherface is just someone's skin. Uh, I can't think of. I'm trying, I can't think of one on top of my head, but I like it when it's just a basic bitch thing. Ghostface, yeah, is a prime example of a basic mask, something that you could physically find in the shop. And sell. I think you could sell massively as Halloween costumes for someone. I mean, Ghostface is probably the big example. I mean, they 
That is so it's an ease to find Halloween mask. Oh. Exactly, you can get a Poundland and buy a Halloween mask from that. Whereas this, yes, you can can find it cheap somewhere, but I can knock off one. But a lot of times they are more expensive. But it's still something that, as soon as you see that white mask, you go, Michael Myers. It's Michael Myers, that is. Um, and it is like it's an iconic character that's stuck in people's minds because how. You know, it's basic design, something that you can easily replicate, and it has been in like a lot of things. I think it's appeared in The Simpsons before. Uh, Family Guy done references to. Heck, there's a there's, there's a scene from Halloween Four in Family Guy, and Tom Tucker voicing over Michael, uh, since you know he's meant to be that actor. <laughs> um, yeah. Robert Chicken have done it. Yes, um, Stan Helsing is a big example because he's like a big part of that uh, spoof movie. He's got his little Jewish hat on. Uh, don't know why he's randomly Jewish, but oh well. I feel like they just didn't, didn't know what to do for his mask, so they just put a little Jewish hat on top of him. Um, but I do like that with his mask. A lot of these other masks, obviously, it, obviously you get the front, but a lot of the time it's like like a hoodie cloak or something at the back, or with Jason, it's just like his bald head. Whereas it's got like a proper like wig on the back. So I do like that it's got actual texture to the mask. It's not just, you know, a basic bit of plastic and something to attach to your face it's got like an actual hair doing everything so you know you could have like a mohawk michael myers at some point i mean if i was this guy i'd be putting a mohawk i'd want to go i'd want to kill in style i'd mohawk the shit out of it maybe, maybe put a fro on top a gaff fro i mean that'd be like if um if michael myers came out in the 80s he'd have a fro on <laughs> big like pimp outfit <laughs> oh but yeah it's like such like, a basic i mean trench a fucking boiler suit how much more basic can you get in the design for a killer? And it works. And it's something that they can't stop doing throughout the years with this. There's not really much to change apart from the mask design. Like it's still a white mask, hair, but obviously over the years they've changed it to different looking masks. They try and replicate the original one and multiple ones. Fail miserably. The only exception is obviously the newer ones. They get that pretty much spot on the aged effect. But every other one, it's always a different mask. Obviously, you can't too much slam Halloween 2's mask because it is the mask in this movie. It was just under someone's bed for too many years and it kind of fucked it too much. True fact. True fact. Um, but it's like, that design is still stuck. There's trench, the fucking trench coat. I keep trying to say trench coat. The boiler suit is something that's been used in every one. There's not a Michael Myers realistically without a boiler suit on. He always goes for it. He always tries to find someone's boiler suit. There we go. I love that. Fuck it. The only ex one that I know to that doesn't is Rob Zombie's Halloween 2, off the top of my head. He's in like a, like, he looks like a mountain man. Looks like he's been living in the mountains for years. Like he wear, he's wearing normal sort of clothes. It's the only one I can think of off the top of my head where it's not this sort of blue, dark navy blue suit. Obviously when he's in the hospital and, and whatnot, when he's in like these robes and that, obviously that's the one example of he's not wearing it, but... He always makes sure he kills someone. I mean, you got this one when he kills, obviously, uh, the trucker guy. Well, the tow truck sort of guy. He finds him, murders him, and steals his suit, which a lot of people forget. A lot of times, they always forget he killed someone before he got to fucking Haddonfield. He killed the guy and got his suit. Um, Obviously, the second one, he's wearing the same suit, so we just have to steal one. Obviously, Halloween 4, he kills someone at like a, a garage. He uses that suit going forward. 
And then obviously you've got the H2O is fine. He's already got a suit. Resurrection, he's got a suit. Uh, zombies, he's still the big trucker guy. The, uh, the big, big trucker guy in the toilet. And then obviously the new ones, he goes to that rest stop and kills a mechanic there for his suit. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, it's more of a mechanic suit. It's like a grease suit sort of thing, isn't it? More than the boiler suit. But you know, it's Looks like a boiler suit. It's an easy to replicate costume. You can find a you can freaking find a normal boiler suit and go. That'll do me. I mean, I've tried it myself. I've looked for one. I've just tried. I've, I've never had like a Halloween party, so I've never been able to utilize the masks. So I've ever sat in the cabinet for all these years. Not cheap, so that's why they sit in the cabinet. Um, trying to think what else here. I've just been yabbering on about random crap just to because my mind's everywhere. Um. I can't really think of much else, so I might just have to punk him. Yeah. I spoke about the intro. Yeah, I spoke about the intro, about the fact that his eyes, the face, is the pumpkin's eye. Which I do like the fact that in the new one, it's re do it backwards, I do like that. I do like the full focus on the pumpkins. Um, we've also got some like good songs in this back, like not not like musical, like like do 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 do. Like you've actually got proper music in the background so obviously you hear fear the reaper by blue oyster cult which is a great song and you also got mr salmon do 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 bring me a do 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 which is something that then they use in the next one i believe and they also use in h2o um i think do they use it in the rob zombie one i can't remember i know these blue oyster cult in that because you know fear the reaper makes sense because you're fearing death because michael myers is literally death incarnate um, oh, I could talk about the, obviously the ending of the movie. Obviously, Laurie versus Michael want, struggling. She's getting completely destroyed by this guy until she takes his mask off and you see his actual face all grown up and he has to put his mask back on and then Sam Loomis just blows him out the fucking window and shoots him like... Uh, hold on. I'm trying to remember the second movie because the second movie quotes it um, six times. In the second movie, he goes, I shot him six times! I shot him in the heart! I don't know why I'm doing like a weird, like, like a bit of a scouse into the back of it. I don't know why it's that in it. <laughs> Maybe because the guy... Apologies again. I mean, I've lasted a bit... i lasted 10 minutes this time rather than 5 minutes before getting interrupted. Uh, I feel like a warning at the start. Interruptions. 3, 2, 1. But yeah, obviously, he's shot, the next one sort of actually he points out how many times he shot him. Like I said, the scouse reaction is probably because in Rob Zombie's one, the guy's British. Not American. You know, not Yank. It's fucking Malcolm uh, McDowell. He's an actual, obviously, British actor. You know, Clockwork Orange and stuff. Um, but yeah. So you have that ending where he shoots him out the window, which is pretty cool. He shoots him off the balcony. And then he lands in the grass below. You see him, you know, lying in the grass. Loomis then obviously runs into Laurie. And she's like, is that the boogeyman? He's like, I do believe it is. But then finds Michael gone. He's like, oh, where's he go? And you have the music kicking in, yeah, and it's all going mysterious, and the movie ends, and you're like, what the fuck? That could have literally been the ending there. They could have not done any more. He's escaped again. What the fuck? He, he, this guy's clearly killed him, and he's gone up, run away. But obviously, they then did the in the other ones, different versions, obviously. The Halloween 2 timeline, he just gets up and walks away and carries on killing. Um, obviously, the H2O timeline, it's the same as 2, actually. H2O is the same as 2, so ignore that 
But then obviously you've got the new timeline where the cops actually caught him the same night and throw him in jail, which is something obviously then flows into Halloween. Of course, we don't get to see the arresting till kills. Um, but yeah, it's a very mysterious ending. And if they never did a second one, it could be open to you as an audience member what happened. Same as the thing. As an audience member, you could decide what happened in your head. Oh, he got up, went away. Still a murderer. There's still a murderer on the loose. Got caught by the cops. He may have got back up and then died afterwards because he could have bled out. So I do like that these the two carpenter movies we've covered the past two of past week are both in this mysterious ending that could go either way but of course unlike that one this one actually has follow-ups that do give you these other things that have happened to him so that's pretty cool um so yeah i think i'm before i get interrupted again i think i'm gonna start going to my ratings and stuff because i've pretty much covered Everything I want to cover, opening, ending, music, acting, horror, why I love it, interruptions. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm going to go straight into my rating. So, I mean, I, I said at the start when I showed you everything I've got of this, I was like, I think if you, if you don't know what I'm going to go with here, you're pretty dumb. No offense. Uh, please don't just stop the video now <laughs> because I've called you dumb. But no, um... It's simple for me. Just like The Thing, this movie is a masterpiece. And it's actually higher on my like top 10 list than The Thing. I think The Thing, because I do have, obviously, my letterbox account, which obviously you can create your lists of movies and shit of where you're going to put them. Um, and on my, obviously, where is it? Where is it? My favourite movies of all time list. Wherever that's fucking disappeared. Oh. No, it's favourite horror movies. You know, you watch, I completely went straight over it. Uh, favourite movies of all time. So, obviously, The Thing literally just just about in the top ten. Even though it's like, as I said, it's a masterpiece, it's like an eight. Whereas, for me, Halloween is four spaces closer to the first position. Because for me, Halloween is literally in four, it's my fa four favourite movie of all time. It's literally only beaten by Jaws, obviously. Logan. And Spider the new Spider Man. Those are just above this movie for me. Because there's so much in them that I love. Um plus I've grew up now with those superhero genres, so that's why those are above and Jaws are something I grew up with for many years. So for me it's that fucking high on my list. So I mean if it's beating the thing on my top ten list, I mean it's very obvious that this movie's gonna be a ten out of ten. Uh which is of course a dragon's egg. I haven't given many ten out of tens on this show in comparison to someone else. Uh, where have I? Jaws, I'll give a 10. Uh, this I'll give a 10. The Thing, I'll give a 10. Um, what else have I give a 10? Joker, I'll give a 10. Logan, I'll give a 10. Have I given any 10 since we've restarted this? I don't think I have, have I? Uh -huh. Apart from The Thing in this one, yeah, I think that was the only two I'll give them 10 straight back to back. Uh, I can't really count Spider-Man because Spider-Man, I did that in a mini-review. I can't really count that as a podcast one. So, uh, off the top of my head, five. I'll give five movies. Muppets. Six movies. I think you've doubled. Have you double? Have you got double that? 
I'm going to look through this and find out for next time if she's doubled me on 10 out of 10s. If I've now overtaken you, I'll be really shocked. Because, I mean, I have put stuff up that you've really enjoyed. Um, but, yeah, so I'll give it a 10 out of 10. Uh, so, she sent me some notes again. Miss I'm ill all the time there. Um, and she said, obviously, the POV kid at the start is clever and makes you shocked when it's revealed as a kid. The heavy breathing and... Uh, with the heavy breathing and looking through the mask's eyes kind of makes you... Wait, what do you mean by that? With the heavy breathing and looking through the mask's eyes... Oh, you thought you obviously make it think it's a, ki a grown man, not a kid. Okay, I got what you're saying there. Uh, obviously, the music's very tense. The uh, creative shots with Michael is obviously stalking Tommy and Laurie. Uh, I like, obviously, how it's a mystery, very mysterious, mysterious killer. Uh, and I like how intimidating Michael is. Um, okay, so overall, she's give this movie an 8 out of 10, which is, of course, a silver egg. Uh, okay, fair enough. I mean, you kind of do the same with Jaws. I went full on 10, you went 8. It's very rare that if one of us goes 10, we're pretty close, not too far behind, but... Okay, fair enough. Um, which, okay, that gives Halloween 1978, obviously. i got to say that because there's a 2018 one called Halloween, and the Rob Zombie movie also called Halloween. Too many movies called Halloween. God damn it, so that's the thing. Um, okay, that gives, obviously, Halloween the chat cave a rating of 9 out of 10. Very simple. Yeah, I can respect that. Fair enough. Not your cup of tea, but you've given it a decent rating. I will accept that. Um, okay, so MVP. Okay, again, like last week, I can overrule her. I'm not going to overrule her on the MVP, uh, which she chose, obviously, Laurie, played by Jamie Lee Curtis. I agree, uh, because it's a character that you fully are rooting for to survive. You want her to live. She's fun. Uh, she's kind of uh, snarky at times and stuff. She's trying to be this ordinary kid. I mean, there's a whole thing where she's smoking, and uh, she's trying, obviously... She's trying to like basically not give it away that they've been doing something bad. Uh, there's this, she's just like this really cool character, which gets developed so well, especially in the new timeline. Um, okay, runner up, she's put Michael. I'm gonna disagree. I'm gonna say Doctor Samuel Loomis. I'm gonna say Donald Pleasance to Sam Loomis. So I'm gonna overrule her on that one. Uh, she's not. She can't argue with me because she's off camera. She's not allowed to argue with me. She's the one who's sat out of this. I'm fully in this. So you're sitting there. I would love to say Michael. I would because he's very intimidating. But end of the day, he's just the killer. There's not much personality to him for you to go, okay, this guy's like the best character in this movie. Whereas Sam Loomis that is, he's the guy hunting Michael. He's the Jamie of the new movies. Obviously the Laurie Strode of the new movies. He's that character. And for this movie, he's perfect. He's this intimidating figure that you know, you're like you're rooting for him to stop this killer. You want him to like save the day, and for the fact that a lot of these times with these other ones, like you look at the uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies, a lot of the ones that eventually come into it as the that sort of character, the one who knows the law of this killer, it's always like a youngish character. Whereas this is like an older man; he's quite old. So I like that. Like you look at like these ones they're like smart and not doing like okay this guy could actually take him he could like one-on-one -on -one, he could beat the crap out of this guy whereas this guy you look at him and go not really he's gonna have to use his intelligence here to try and stop michael which as you see in later movies he that's what he does he uses other methods rather than strength to take down the killer so i like that uh, and plus he's the one who basically openly admits to laurie at the end of 
this is the boogeyman. This is something you should fear, basically. So I do like that. So I'm going to overall say Donna Pleasance, uh, obviously Samuel Loomis, who was, of course, named after, I think it's to do with Psycho. Uh, his character's named after, you see, one of the ones in Psycho. That's the inspiration, obviously, the POV kill inspiration there. Um, so yeah, um, okay, so favourite moment. Oh, there's a lot of shots I love in this. But I'm going to say, when he, when she's obviously, just after, obviously, she's in the house, she finds all the bodies, she stands against, obviously, the wall, scared as anything. You've got a pitch black door frame behind her, and then you see the mask pop into the light very slightly. And he, like, he doesn't jump at her, he just slowly comes out to go after her with his knife. Obviously, he misses his shot because, of, you know, it's pretty difficult to see up there. I think definitely someone needs to turn the lights on. But yeah, obviously, that shot of him, his mask in the darkness, that is so creepy. Like, that could just, you could look at that and go, oh, it's just like a cupboard, it's just like a, it's not on the shelf. But it's just, it's just like it's pitch black and it slowly pans into screen. That is like such a scary shot. I mean, as I said, there's a lot of other shots. I mean, the stairs shot when he comes onto the stairs and runs down the stairs after her, that's great. Obviously, the shot of him outside the window, she's looking out, also great. Um, and a few other shots here and there that are spot on, but for me, that shot specifically is such a good shot. It's a money shot, it's perfect in every way. Um, okay, so for her favorite moment, she's put the first kill. Any particular reason? Okay, she likes it from when you see it for the master, the build up as well. The build up to it, the slow build up of watching this kid who you don't know as a kid at the time walk into the house, grab a knife, pick up a mask like a guy was using for sexual reasons at first, then kill his sister. The mysterious angle of why he's done it because you don't know why he's done it. Is that basically why? That's a decent, decent choice. Decent choice. A great way to start a movie. Um, okay. Um, my question is simple. Are you looking forward to Halloween ends? Simple. It's very simple. I, I'll, I'll probably do the same one for everyone going forward. Are you looking forward to this? Are you looking forward to it? Are you looking forward to it? Um, actually, I might, I'm, I'm, I'll, probably, I'll probably add to it each time. So at the moment, the basic question of are you looking forward to Halloween ends in October? Uh, but I'll just keep adding different things to it. Are you looking forward to it? And are you this? I'll be doing stuff like that just to, you know, keep asking you, are you looking forward to it? If you are, comments below. Uh, and your comments as well of your review for this movie. That'd be very interesting to see what other people think of it. Um, yeah, so next week we're going to be moving on to the 2018 timeline, the David Gordon Green timeline of Halloween, which is, of course, Halloween 2018. <laughs> Oh, they need to re- they need to put they need to put funky titles. Halloween. Uh, um, forget the other shit. <laughs> I don't know. There's something funky. That's why I like Halloween Kills and Ends. They they mean something. They they link to the title. I mean, you can't really do the return of Michael Myers because Halloween Four was a return, but you know, think of something funky next time and don't just call it Halloween. It's too confusing. Oh, I love Halloween. I wasn't a big fan of the 2018 one. No, I meant the original one. Oh, sorry. Misunderstood. Same movie title. Ah, I blame the directors. <laughs> but yeah, so are you looking forward to Halloween ends? And uh, next week, Halloween. Um, so yeah. I think that covers everything I want to talk about. Um, hopefully, she'll be back next week so I can actually have a back and forth conversation. And hopefully, I don't get interrupted in five minutes. Um you know, that means I like, have to keep editing this and then apologising after each fucking uh, pause. Uh, see ya.
join us next week for David Gordon Green's Halloween. I'm just going to call it the director's name. It's so much fucking easier. Um, until then, obviously, you can check out the other podcast done. Obviously, we did do Rob Zombie's one in the old format we used to do, obviously, two years ago. So you can check that out. Um, but yeah, do check out the other podcast because, you know, there's some interesting ones we've done. Uh, and yeah, uh, we will. I hope you enjoyed it, and hopefully, we shall see you next time.